0: Hey, everyone, I am A.T. Gurdall here on the Fish Reps Podcast Network, bringing to you another episode of Big Fish Small Pod. Today is August 6th, Friday morning, ahead of a late Colorado start time, 840. So I'm here now talking to you about the last 24 hours or so in Marlins baseball. Starting first with Braxton Garrett who's really who I want to talk about. Now I'm really excited uh, by his performance. Last night, as like, I'm like a little like just tripped up at the surreality of like Braxton Garrett and Lewis Princeton kind of like helped win the game with some help from like Paul Campbell. It's just not uh, like a optic. You just didn't expect to see that at like any point really even as... Paul Campbell had his PED suspension um, early this year, but even as the years have gone by, Lewis Brinson and Braxton Garrett have seemingly fallen out of the picture as, like, top-end talent for this Marlins team, but they just helped secure the series' win against the Mets yesterday. What Braxton Garrett looks like now is this... Finesse lefty. He looks like Rich Hill, uh, his opponent on the mound last night for the Mets. As both of these finesse lefties have a feel for five or more pitchers at the major league level and kept both teams honest at the plate. With Braxton Garrett, I do really want to highlight his just rare look. Uh, it was his 24th birthday. Um, By comparison, Rich Hill wasn't in the major leagues until he was 25, and what Braxton brought yesterday was this really low fastball velocity. Not like absurdly low, but 89 in today's day and age, that's slow. That's, And then he brought a changeup that's about 85 miles an hour, which is fast, especially when you're coming from a point of this very slow fastball. So as this slow fastball and this fast changeup interact with the hitter's expectations at the plate, they just converge, they're, they're really close to each other. So in that moment, that instant, that like slight disparity between those two pitches, there's so much room for a hitter to just miss it or hit it poorly. And despite the a lack of velocity, what Braxton Garrett is offering is another effective Major League pitcher for the Miami Marlins, who is still developing and still has room for growth. In his five shutout innings last night, he allowed five hits, four walks, while striking out six. Uh, not promising numbers on the walks. Uh, he walked one last week against the Padres. Three more going back on July 18th against the Phillies. Three walks on June 9th against the Rockies. Braxton has had trouble with control. As a finesse pitcher, he's forced to live in those margins of the plate, which puts you up to potentially get pinched by an umpire, which even putting it out of the hands of the umpire, it's just hard to hit your spot there. It takes practice. And I've seen, like people on Twitter kind of raising a red flag at Braxton's velocity drop. And there's maybe some merit to concern for that, but ultimately what we're getting now with this 24 year old pitcher who has like, it feels like 10 days of service at the major league level just with a successful start than being sent down for 10 days. It's promising that he has this room to develop his control and his effectiveness and use this pitch Arsenal to successfully pinch the corners of the plate and keep Major League hitters honest with strikes and get ahead. It's an unorthodox path to dominance at the Major League level, but Braxton Garrett could still realistically become a pitcher like Rich Hill. who. In 16 years, we might be looking back on his rookie days. Well, also on the night, another Marlon that's seemingly been lost in the shovel, Lewis Brinson, came through with a game-winning double as Mets announcers were just, like, absolutely shading him. Um, Coming down on the fact that Lewis is the cleanup hitter, as though he can't produce runs and as though he wasn't about to just hit the deciding double to beat the Mets three to one in the series because he was considered a top prospect at a time. He was an early draft pick. He was traded for Christian Yelich. He had all of this promise behind him of just transcendent ability And he hasn't quite panned out to be even, I mean, generally an everyday player these last couple of years, but he has developed his approach to the point that he can still have productive at bat and stay in the picture at the major league level. Looking at the offense on the whole, the Marlins do have the lowest expected WOBA in major league baseball, which uh, that's... I mean, that's a statistic, it's just purely on paper, and it's an expected statistic, so it's like, if you look at how the team performed on paper, how might this offense perf- have performed in this metric that tries to put offense into a single number. And that's not quite the way to look at it, but it does indicate that the offense is what the offense is. It, there is obvious room for upgrade on paper be that by development or in the off season. But without the three major bats that the Marlins have got themselves over the last three years, trying to find a center fielder with like VR and then Marte, uh, Corey Dickerson in left, Adam Duvall in right, after shedding that layer of talent, the Marlins can still win a baseball game. And we're still talking about the players we have been for years. Checking in quickly on the minors, the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp played a doubleheader against the Norfolk Tides. They both scored one run yesterday, winning one game, losing the other. The uh, Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp brought in their only run in the bottom of the 10th inning of their first game, as Bryson Brigman laid down a bunt, and that forced an error from the third baseman to bring in Justin Twine, that designated rudder at second to win it. Um, Eliezer Hernandez pitched four innings, again, back on the mound after injury, with five strikeouts, one hit, brought a promising outing. Jordan Holloway was also on the mound for Jacksonville, he pitched four and a third, allowed one earned run, three hits, five walks, five strikeouts. Zach McCambly went for the Pensacola Blue Wahoos, and had a rough outing, just three and two-thirds. Innings, five earned runs, four strikeouts, eight hits, and four of those runs were home runs. Uh, with also three wild pitches, he was kind of all over the place. Still a work in progress. Um, well, offensively, Peyton Burdick and Griffin Conine went back to back Burdick with his 18th at double A. I like to think that Peyton Burdick just kind of gave Griffin Conine a couple of pointers right before his at bat collectively figuring out the pitcher. Beloit had an offensive explosion with eight runs. Troy Johnson had his 10th home run at the high A level. Well, Cameron Meisner had two hits. Thomas Jones, three. Nick Reedy, three as well. Well, Brian Hoyne pitched a solid seven innings, a two-run ball on the mound. And Jupiter played. Uh, They did lose eight to one against the Tampa Tarpons, Tanner Allen, interestingly, in the leadoff spot, a recent draftee, trying to get as many at-bats as he can. Otherwise, Luis Palacios pitched five innings, allowed two earned runs, including a home run to Jason Dominguez of this Yankees-Tampa Tarpons team. Feels like news for Bowman collectors. Um, Anyways, that's pretty much it for the fifth. Today, the Marlins will take on the Rockies at Coors Field, Denver, Colorado. 8:40, first pitch. Sandy Alcantara against German Marquez. I've been A.T. Wardall. Thank you for listening.